In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Here's where you prepare with practical tools to live your faith in our modern world of today. And we're doing a mental health check-in to kick off the year uh, with no other than psychologist Robert Martek. Welcome aboard to the Catholic Toolbox. Actually, sure I say Thanks, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Good, good. And, um, you know, I uh, take this occasion to, it's an honour and a, and a real, um, 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 I suppose, uh, a buzz every time doing something for the Catholic um, toolbox. And uh, and even as you can see now, you know, in between times, you know, with the, the passing of, um, you know, Cardinal George Pell, and it's a big thing happening now in our Catholic world, in our Catholic church, you know, and uh, yeah. there's going to be anxiety and stress over all of, the, all of that, I'm sure which can possibly yeah. we could talk about tonight absolute shock yeah of his eminence cardinal george pell and that's right and, um, be sure to check out our episode our tribute to his eminence uh with father john flader and daniel hill uh you can access that on all platforms of uh the show and the podcast uh but uh, we definitely pray for his eminence and we hope that one day uh he will be remembered very well um and uh, <laughs> as, in my opinion, a potential saint, you know, of the Church of Australia. And uh, <laughs> and it's just absolutely amazing that we had Cardinal Pell, so one of the greatest legacies and highest churchmen we've ever had in the history of this country. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you, we look at our St. Mary MacKillop, what she was accused of and what she had to stop practising and, you know, they're blaming her to be an alcoholic because... They found a bottle of uh, liquid alcohol to um, help her with some sort of cold or flu or sleep or something. And straight away, you know, this is a, she's a fraud. She's an alcoholic, you know, Joan of Arc. She's a witch, you know, and um, Cardinal Pell, you know, with the abuse and that. I'm sure God will use all this for his greater glory. And God is found in the glory of his saints, his friends. Excellent. So just a big disclaimer that we'll chuck here. Anything within the parameters of this episode does not count as any medical or professional advice, either from uh, Robert uh, or myself. Nothing within the scope of this episode counts as professional or medical advice. We advise you to seek the relevant professional advice, especially uh, if you're experiencing any changes in your mental health or health. Uh, dial triple zero in the case of emergencies. 
but everything we discuss here is just general uh, discussion, our views, our opinions, and we recommend um, that you do seek a relevant professional uh, for anything, any advice that you take action with here on the show. So that's a big disclaimer here for us. But let's get started. Let's kick off. We're doing a mental health check-in, uh, as we always do mm-hmm. on the Catholic Toolbox. It's very important. Uh, the mind, the intellect is one of the faculties of the soul, and we have to reflect on mental health. And let's look at, we're at the start of 2023. Uh, it's only, yeah, we're only, you know, two weeks past into 2023, a couple of weeks, actually. Let, what are you seeing out there um, as the biggest challenge, do you think, for 2023 uh, post-COVID? Now we're well post-COVID. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I suppose, apart from the January we always, uh, in Australia and Sydney, I can only speak for, we're always inundated with uh, the latest lose weight ads. Um, we are bombarded by them in the first month. Uh, you know, um, people trying to get business and commercialise um, people's uh, eating habits. And we do have um, uh, eating disorders on the rise in Australia. Um and we also have a lot of pressure on uh, childcare and families. And we're always inundated with the latest insurance company trying to sell us a package and trying to say, well, if you just buy this, you've, you've made your life secure. And we know that our only security is in God and uh, he's made us to be born in a family. And so we have to start with our families. And that's going to be the greatest challenge, I think, to be able to talk more and to be able to tolerate each other. But when I say tolerate, I don't mean in a negative way. I mean in a positive way to really tolerate because we are not a one-man band in the family. There are four, five, six of us two of us, 10 of us, doesn't really matter on the numbers. It's a family and we need to have airtime together. That's critical. That is going to make or break us in 2023, our family. Okay, yeah, because look, we've passed the pandemic. I mean, 2022 is really about transitioning all the backlog, whether it was work, freight, um, uh, uh, um, you know, studies, and especially socially. I mean, you can tell from last year when we went to events that were cancelled for two, three years, everybody wouldn't, uh, everybody wouldn't remain silent during speeches and things. Everyone's just keen to catch up, which is great. Everybody's sort of making up for the, for the last two years. But are there challenges moving forward that we need, that, that could people... Could yeah. That uh, may not... Yeah, with the usual outside pressures put on the young, especially, um, you know, ATARs being released and university courses being offered, you know, and now they had stories today in the paper of rife cheating at universities, which has been known to happen. It's nothing new, but once again, it puts pressure on on uh, on on kids and on what their call to life is and and how they have to be and. You know, we still have some kids that refuse to go to school because they prefer to stay at home. And um, some parents have caved into that and let the kid have their way because they're allowed to play games on the internet. And so once IT is going to be another one, again, moving forward in 2023. Yes, 
there are certain things we can do with the IT, but then, you know, we need to switch off. We need to do manual body work, um, whether that's walking or, or offering your services, volunteering somewhere or keeping an eye out, even on a, on a neighbour, starting, starting a conversation with a the neighbour. These, these things all open up doors for us in our immediate vicinity. If we could get that right, then the social has a greater potential to, to advance because people want to progress. People want to move on. And, but if we move on with ourselves first and get on with it, and we can get on with each other at home, then we're a pretty dynamic unit wherever we go. So we can face challenges, but definitely the youth IT uh, families and um, jobs jobs is going to be a challenge as well because um what a job is today has is is so different to way how a job was defined as being 20 years ago 10 years ago it's progressing very very fast and we need to be up with it and aware of um pitfalls when we go for jobs and um you know and but obviously we have to make a living uh and it can't be more important, George and the viewers. The job cannot be more important than your family. It can't be. It can't be. No, it can't. It can't. It can't be, you know, because people have thought it is, but then when they get fired from work, right, who's there to pick up the pieces? Family. Exactly. Okay. So what you're saying is uh, people need to connect better with their families this year, possibly as a focus. Yeah. yeah. And it's great because yes, we can focus on society because that's where a lot of our riches are in life. Our, our relationships, our conversations, our meetings, um, our get togethers. We need to have those places where we can have a chat and have a coffee. We need to have a place where we, we can exercise, where we can, where we can uh, um, do intellectual work somewhere. We need these hubs and places. I think the Catholic um, unit, I think it's crying out even more because these places are a safe haven. Parents don't have to worry. You know, it's a bit like the youth club, but now the youth club's a bit older. You know, we could say the youth club now is 35 years of age, not 15 years of age. Yeah. That's 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 it because people can afford to stay at home more, but they can't afford to move out because of the expensive housing, uh, housing situation. So we're gonna be very, very clever, very smart and think, well, you know, um, the best resources is a, a word a word of mouth. And how how much are we sharing and taking an interest in in others will depend on what happens to us and what kind of life we lead or want to lead. Excellent. Let's um, speak about. Uh, we're going to focus in a little bit on depression and uh, okay. and depression and, and, and relate this to the faith. And, and, and uh -huh. let's make a clear distinction about you know between depression let's say dark night of the soul, but we're going to, what is depression and how do we define depression? 
Well, <clears throat> yeah. Depression can come in many forms. Um, major depressive disorder is the most common, but you can have acute depression, persistent depression, and you can have depression with anxiety, so a comorbidity. But if we just look at depression, it's nothing new. We just have to look at poets, intellectuals, artists, saints. Yes, saints in the Catholic Church who suffered depression. And what it is, you have to find out, to find out what it is, you have to find out what it is not. So it is not something that's made up whereby I just decide I'm going to say I'm depressed and I'm just going to, you know, chill out and do whatever I want to do. No, it's not, you know, uh, that's not depression. So it's not labeling oneself. It's depression is not going on to Dr. Google and searching for something and looking for the exam. You know, there's yeah. a lot of quizzes and self exams. Yeah. I think a lot of people tend to want to, you know, uh, test yeah. out on that. Of course, of course. And that's an okay thing. The desire to wanting to know oneself more, what one is like, right? Yes, it's a good thing. However, what's going to pass mustard in the psychology profession, in the medical profession, because a lot of people with depression have usually a GP, someone that's a, a GP family GP or a GP uh, writes a plan for them. So it, there are lots of things out there on the internet, but a lot of those things can be um, false uh, and misleading. So you go to the people that know. If I want a, a car fix, I'm going to the mechanic. I'm not going to the um, lounge upholsterer, okay, to fix my car. So each to his own. Depression is, first of all, the truest form of depression, the melancholia one, it's endogenous. In other words, it's biological. It's in the blood. It comes. It appears there. It may travel from a member of the family or an uncle, auntie side. It may not, but both can lead to depression, okay? And the biological one, is the original form of it but then there's another depression whereby things happen to people in life so what i do, what you're saying what is do the biological that, one is more something that's genetic or inherited it, it, yeah but, but when i say genetic it may not be inherited it can just eventuate right yeah. you know one minute you could have a uh, a beautiful arm and next minute you start to see all these sores appears on your arm sores are appearing you go well what's that well if we look at that interiorly for the mental health we're looking at the right channel here so just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't have it so it's just come it's developed uh, people develop leukemia a cancer of the blood they weren't born with it they just got it at one time in their life that's the same with depression. It can happen any time. It can happen any time. Usually, it will occur, mostly occur, during a big life event. Yeah. Uh, divorce, 
loss of a job, accident, disability, yes. failed marriage, university, um, you know, not, not, not good enough to get to university or failing exams constantly, a friendship, a really good friendship as, a, as kids goes wrong. It, it usually around that area there of life. Now, we can't control those things. This is the thing. Random things happen. Bad circumstances happen. I'm not talking about bad people. No, good people, good people. But bad circumstances do arrive on people's doorsteps. And they think, what the hell have I done? Like, what? <laughs> you know, why me? Like, what? You know, like I, I you know, and this and that. But it's unavoidable and you don't like first signs. You don't like what you used to like. Yeah. You stop doing it. You start to. Yeah. I think before we go into some symptoms, um, yeah. so let's distinguish there's a more of a biological depression. Yeah. Either, either inherited or um, you have a tendency. Developing. Develops biologically. Yeah. yeah. But you obviously have a tendency more towards that in your genes or their situation. Yeah, if if you're born with it genetically, you have a tendency to it. Yes. But if you go through unscathed, you might be right. You'd be okay. Yeah. It, it's random. And we, we run the statistics through this, George, and it's, it's just random. Like, it, it can happen. Look, put it this way. Depression can happen to anyone. At any stage, at any time, there you go. So it's an open okay. arena. So it's either in your genes or it's a situation. But if it's in your genes and you go through a situation, you're more disposed to it. Yes, you can be. Yes, yes, you and can if be. If you don't have it in your genes or a history of it, and this is not medical advice, professional advice, it's yeah, no. professional, there's just a general discussion about it. Um, it you can develop from a situation. Um, let's say a war. Yeah. Or anything else or you know ho hopefully not the hsc <laughs> but, well that that, yeah. that that can certainly cause a lot of anxiety and depression i'll tell you that amongst young people because the amount of pressure that's put on them and if only parents would know that it's not the be all and end all because if you got a zero on your atar if you got a z and you left school in year 10 most of us don't know what we want to do george um, after the HSC. Some of us, majority of people don't know. Some people do know, but the majority of people don't know. So they're on a search. And so if you wanted to really do something and you didn't get it, but your friends got there, hang on a second. Just hang on a second. Go and do some work for a year or two and then go and enroll as a mature age student. Because if you really want to do something, you will wait you will sacrifice and then you'll go for it hmm. because a lot of people. I, I'm of the opinion, yeah. Robert, I'm of yeah. the opinion yeah. people yeah. should work after, go straight to work after they finish school because yeah. I don't think most, especially today, you know, yeah. in, in the way we're educated in the, the consecutive 12 years at school, I don't think people are in a situation to, or in a position at 18 or 17 years old to know what they want to do for the next 20, 30 years. Exactly right. Tending to stay in one particular area or you want to change or move around. I don't think you know what you want. And I think you truly discover it, not when you're doing study about something, but when yeah. you're actually working. 
that's when you really discover your business because that's the real world. When you that's work right. or deliver or run a business or you're doing the real thing. Yes. That for a year or two where you make yes. And then you can study while you're, you're consecutively working. I'd give the work the priority. That's my view of it. Yeah, and it's a good actually, view. You might work for one or two years and say, hey, I, I don't like this particular career path of, let's say, finance. I don't like this. I'm more of a people person. Mm -hmm. Do something mm. in a social area. Or I yeah. like this particular field. Or you might be affirmed in your decision. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people just go with the flow of what, yeah, they study and they just sort of have to stick with it. I, I think a lot of people from discussions, empirical evidence and data, just having data the discussions, everyone sort of has, by going and, straight to study and straight to work in that order. Sometimes a lot of people do have regrets. A lot of people works for them. I think a lot of people would always do have done something different. So to avoid that, I, I, I'm of the view. Yeah. Getting some. Yeah. We would, yeah, we would definitely um, uh, be able to um, <clears throat> um, prevent situations of a depression developing if we were more understanding of kids and and if, if if parents were more encouraging so the kid has total confidence in mum and dad that the mum and dad they know they really believe you know that what i'm trying to do here is is, is genuine and the kid feels safe in that so he'll find what he or he or she wants to do much sooner than later but this animosity this um oh come on get out of bed look you know you're your HSC is finished and your and parents do a great injustice to their kids. And mind you, there are many great parents, but there are injustices as well where kids, parents like to compare kids to other families or other local kids who always seem to be shining. But no, look at your own kids, back them, encourage them, have their back, you know, because they don't tell you on the news. They don't tell you that a lot of students fail university in first year and leave. Why? Because they're either there because they're forced or they don't like it because they're in its course. I don't think that it's a situation like. forced a lot. Sometimes it's like work. Yeah, it's work. They It looks good in the magazine, but go there in real life, no. Nah, yeah, I think a lot of students, uh, from my personal experience, it's not that they're forced, but it's sort of like, oh, this would be good to do. And it's just, uh, mm. I think it, it's like going to Coles. I think with the, a lot of these courses, uh, mm. it's like going to Coles or Woolies uh, and trying to shop, but it's it, you're going there and you're buying things or buying a course or signing mm. up for something that, uh, but you don't need, uh, you're buying, sorry, I'm translating it to the shopping scenario. The shop right, right. is that you're there, you're shopping, and you see bread and you see bulk, uh, bulk uh, rice, bulk things. You don't eat rice, but you think, okay, look, it could be good. Opens up opportunities to cook a meal. When you don't, yeah, something, you shouldn't sign up for it. If it's not yeah. helping you, uh, you need to determine where you want to be. the The very end goal, the very, very, very end goal. And then work your way backwards. How am I going to get to the goal? Is this course yeah. going to be there? Is there a quicker way? What's the best efficient goal? I think people, a lot of students decide, oh, well, if I do this, this will open up opportunities. If we can do this, this. 
but that's probably a wrong way to see it. I, I recommend go to the very end goal. Where Where's your vision? And what's the means by which you want to achieve it? If a course, a particular course is a means, then do it. Yeah, and, and, and this is this is where I can't underestimate the roles at school of careers advisors. Yeah. Uh, just a careers advisor that just does careers advice. They used to have them. They've kind of moved on. They've become kind of like dinosaur. We don't kind of use that anymore. But they are so important. It's a, it's a chance for while you're at school to go and find out, go and talk to a careers advisor about something that you are thinking about. Get them and they will give you the straight the real oil about what this what you would need to do and what this kind of job would be about and yeah. what it's going to take you know no, what i just I mean? want to add to that i want to add to yeah. that yes please what i would do is yeah you talk to a career as a first point of contact but really yeah. his advisor is not a psychologist he's not an engineer I, he's not yes a doctor, he's not an entrepreneur he's yeah every as a teacher as a he's I really recommend if, if you have a particular interest, I think they're sort of the search engine. What opportunity? Yes, jobs are it's there. a start. Then I recommend go find people within your family, mm -hmm. people within your friends who are doctors, lawyers, engineers, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Maybe look at doing and do some free work experience on a couple of professions for a week or two, get and understand what they actually do rather yes. than say what the course teaches you. Because often the course yeah. corresponds to what you do in reality. I think the end yeah. is you are here to do engineering, to do psychology, to 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 own a cafe or a fruit shop, entrepreneurship, um, whatever you want to do. I think to practically get some experience before signing up, before um, before looking at what's the means to get there. And if there's yeah, I think that you have to yeah, do, and I think both ways work good. And yeah. The good thing about the careers advisor is you have a you have a lamppost at school that can keep you connected with what you're trying to do yeah. at home with the hands-on and the practicalities, right? But that doesn't just stop with the careers advisor, a local parish priest, right? I'm not saying I'm what I'm saying is they have pastoral guidance they they learn about leading a flock and and their contribution and their opinion or their knowledge is worth asking and tapping into it costs you nothing just good manners right you know and hunting around yeah go, going in go cold door knocking you know i'm thinking of you know is it okay if i come in and sit around for half a day or have a walk around half a day here because i i was thinking of perhaps doing this kind of work i just is it okay if i do that or can i come back another day when i can do that yeah. you know you'll be surprised people people will let you in because that they'll have the attitude of well if it's meant to be it's meant to be mm. you yeah. know we we do we we do and, and i think this is important george you know because they're saying now you know, I'm of the generation whereby, you know, you usually have the one job for the whole of your life. Well, you know, I've had not, I've had, I've had eight different jobs, right? Yeah. So, um, it's not all how people say. Um, it's more what you're yeah, saying I don't there. Think, yeah, the current market, mm. the current situation, the way mm. 
society's moving is um, yeah, especially now after these two years where people are working autonomously, and yeah. a lot of startup businesses want to subcontract to eliminate employee risk. We we yes. see like an, the new normal may become being a uh, your own sole trader, and yes. sort of how people were before the industrial revolution in sort of village life or more rural life where they they sort of fish um, worked as like a sole trader for themselves. Um, society is moving yeah. because the job market, people, typical millennials like myself, stay two, three years in a job, four years, and then they move and then they move. Yeah. The market's completely changed. It's completely yes. changed. It's, it's very rare to see somebody be on seven years or seven years is considered a long time. And in some professions, they consider you not flexible yes correct years you know you've been too rigid why don't you move on yeah yeah and and then sometimes you know talk about depression sometimes that's enough if someone hears that because they could be under the impression that their boss likes them they're doing really well and suddenly they get a knock on the door one day and they've been in this company five years and the boss says look you know we're uh, I've just been watching you lately and, you know, just doesn't seem like you've got that fun anymore, da-da-da. I mean, I I have patients who experience, who have experienced this and become depressed because um, they don't know any other way of coping in a situation like that because no, nothing like that has happened before and it hasn't. But but that's that's an example of how depression can occur right and people start to look inward but we're made to look outwards but we are turned inward and we go okay maybe it is me maybe it is me maybe i'm i need to move up perhaps yes you do but remember it takes two to tango it takes two to tango and that's why the sole trader someone that's solid becomes solid through trust from a young age in a family let mum and dad trust me. If mum and dad say, be home at nine o'clock, I'm home nine o'clock. If the child comes home at 10 o'clock, that child doesn't love you. Because that child should say, I'm going now. My mum and dad expect me at nine o'clock. That's it. That's how we will develop uh, saints and, and people that are solid characters with a sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, important. Okay. We don't need the horse and cart, but we need soul trading, definitely. Okay, so what are some symptoms of depression? We're focusing here on depression. Well, <clears throat> um, not eating or eating too much, mm -hmm. uh, isolating yourself, cutting yourself off from friends, cutting yourself off from family, um, uh, sitting in your room, hiding in your room, not wanting to come out, not wanting to talk, not wanting to say anything. Uh, crying, there'd be a lot of crying, and just feeling like you have no energy at all. You just couldn't be bothered. Um, nothing will make you laugh. Nothing anyone could do for you. That's depression. Okay. So that's when you know you, you need symptoms, help. Some of these symptoms. Um, what do you recommend uh, to take action? Get help. Go and see your GP. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you're going through. It could be, you, look, 
If you haven't been to a GP five, 10 years, just go to your local GP. They're trained. They're switched on. They're doctors. They'll look after you. Tell them what you're experiencing, just like any other symptom for any other medical condition. And they'll refer you to, um, to go and see a psychologist and go and have a chat with someone, right? And mind you, it takes great guts to go and talk to some stranger, but you've got to talk. You, you've got to sit there with someone and not talk. That's depression. But you're in a good place. You're working and we're getting to it. So it's getting to the doctor, to a psychologist, to a room, close the door, private, confidential. You have someone there sitting waiting for you that's on your side that has all the time in the world for you. Everyone else is busy. Excellent. So take action with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, don't worry. Space. Let's speak about this, uh, the soul and depression, the state of... Mm. I know you have a few books, great books to recommend. Yes, well, yes. Um, Number one, we, we get no credit for this, George, just uh, hopefully... Um, uh, make it to heaven one day but i cannot um recommend this one here it's called the catholic guide to depression and it's by a dr erin kiriati who's um a psychiatrist and he beautifully pens this book that is so readable and someone that has depression or think they may have depression would find this going through these pages and reading stories and experiences of what depression is and what it isn't and what faith is and what sacraments are and what psychology is and what psychology is not, what roles medicine play and what roles medicine do not. It's all here. It is the perfect book. It's one of the most popular how the saints, the sacraments and psychiatry can help you break its grip and find happiness again. Because people become unhappy when they're depressed, they become unhappy. They become sad. Mm. Now, why sad? Why is someone sad? You know, you know I'm trained. I, I move with compassion. I'm trained for that to say, what's up, right? Because we all know what sadness is like. It's an emotion. But he illustrates it so well. He talks about depression, the causes, depression and the spiritual life. There's chapters on medication and other biological treatments as Catholics, the goodies and the steer away froms. And also there's spiritual help for depression. Okay. And, and it, it's got prayers from St. John Paul II. And there are meditations and encyclicals here from the Holy Fathers, the Popes on mental health. Mm -hmm. And also at the back here, which I love, you have Psalms in times of distress from the Bible, Psalm 102, which is, if I may, I'm, I, stand, I'm, I stand corrected. But it was one of the most favorite psalms that our Lord used to recite and pray. 102, a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord, right? And, of course, you've got saints here. Um, St. Ignatius Loyola. There's um, 
prayer of Saint Benedict Joseph Labre, who experienced severe and persistent mental illness, and he lived in seventeen. He was born in seventeen forty-eight. So we're not talking about a Johnny Come Lately illness here. It's been around for a long, long time, and which is more evidence that it's real. It's it can't be imagined, and it's got litany to Our Lady of Sorrows. It is a great book by Sophia Institute Press. Yes. That's a start, and I'd be very surprised Maybe if you needed anything more. Yeah, I'll be able to access that on Amazon. So for people who want to access that book, it's the Catholic Guide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just I'll just share one little bit. Okay, so what doctor says? Okay, so. He says, another characteristic feature of depression is the inability to find joy or pleasure in activities that one typically would enjoy. Psychiatrists call this anhedonia, a lot of Latin words. Patients will describe having no interest in the activities that they used to enjoy and look forward to, like hobbies, sport, personal interaction, work, and so on. The depressed person often cannot find joy, and it's gone. So... As a consequence, the anhedonic individual, which means they don't find pleasure anymore, anhedonic is opposite to hedonism. Hedonism is the pleasure, 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 but the anhedonia is no pleasure at all. So you're, you're looking at an empty petrol tank here. Can't, can't get going. And, and there's frequent thoughts of death. There's suicide as well as part of it. Thoughts of suicide is part of it. It's not a joke. It's not a game. It happens. And we need to be mindful of that. And we need to be mindful of language of um, the worst thing you can do um, and uh, to hurt someone that has depression or doesn't know they have depression is to say, suck it up, drink some concrete, you know, um, you know, well, pull your pants up. Or dismiss it. You'll be fine. It's a good old answer. Oh my gosh! You're right. You, you, it's like it's like you've just put a knife through them because you've totally annihilated that person right there. You've totally okay. Okay, so very quickly. So that's that's that one. The 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 second one with concerning depression is uh, the link um, with um, 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 suffering or abandonment and there's one there called your life is worth living by fulton sheen for yes. catholics so it really hones in to say hey hang in there sloopy hang on snoopy hang on because uh, help it's on its way there's a reason why you're suffering depression it is not just a waste of time it's an actual gift if you look at it the right way and the, the gift is different to everyone. No two people's depression is the same. And, and the last yeah, one. Um, medical advice or professional advice. Yeah, exactly. Now, you could say it counts uh, as spiritual advice. Well, look, it definitely anything to do with the sacraments or the church or Holy Scripture or our Lord, our Lady. Yes, that's where these are our these these are our this is our home our home is the in the sacraments is our home right um uh, our holy mother church from cradle to grave who else 
who else looks after you from birth to death and gives you a dignified funeral to the greatest criminal if they were Catholic, they will receive a dignified funeral if they ask for one because God, God's fire or his heart is <laughs> on a much huger, grander scale than ours, you know, and we need to kind of be like him. There's a, it's like a furnace. So we sell ourselves short thinking, oh, God, you know, he's not going to forgive me for that or, or God, you know, look at him or whatever. Nah, God, <laughs> we look at little snippets. God looks at the whole person, you know. We're just part of a mosaic. You know, I noticed that beautiful background of Rome there, George, you know. Um, and, and if you look at the, the, the tiles there or the rocks, look at us people as Catholics, as each and every single one of us is one of those tiles there. Now, if one is missing, the whole lot looks off. <laughs> off and but if we take one tile and look at this tile they're different they'll sound differently they'll smell differently and they'll look different right that's yeah. how we are you know saint therese says look at the garden of flowers god yeah, knows exactly which right. which scent you give finally i'd say um um is a book called where is it i had it here here we go um, and I don't know, I just pulled out Bishop Sheen's ones because I think he's very, very good for depression. There's a book called, here, um, I had it here, hang on a second, George. Magic. I'll, I'll uh, while you're looking. Here you go, this one. It's a different one, but it's a Dr. Xavier Schlater. He's a... Um, is a, a doctor, a, a Department of Psychiatry, Medical Psychology in University of um, Navarre. And he's ah. the author of several books. This one is Wounds in the Heart, The Healing Power of Forgiveness. So when someone becomes depressed, they begin to reflect on their life and the hurts they've received. But also one discovers the hurts that they've hurt other people with. And it's amazing on the heart. Look at little kids. They hold no grudges. Their heart's free. As adults, we need to do the same. We need to forgive people the wounds they've caused us, starting with our parents, teachers, people that were in charge of us, let us down. But we also have to forgive ourselves and ask for forgiveness from others. And he talks about a fishing hook. And he goes, why do we keep people on the end of our fishing hook? Why? Because we want to have power over them. You know, you're not going to get away with it. No, he's saying, let them off the fishing hook. Let them free. Throw it back in the water. Let them go because it's very much like the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. So depression um, and uh, and uh, the, the other book I showed you by Dr. Kiriati and this one, The Wounds in the Heart, Life is Worth Living. Because depression is very synonymously linked with suicide, ending one's life. And uh, far too many times we, we, have a, we have a suicidal increase in Australia, unfortunately. In Australia. And it's like, no, it's not she'll be right, mate, anymore. We, we've gone past that. We need to check in.
Yeah. Um, so what? Someone yeah, tells you to get a job. You are, it doesn't matter. If you are, if you do need help, uh, emergency, yeah, um, or your life is in danger, or um, and you need any advice, you can call one three thirteen eleven fourteen. So that is thirteen eleven fourteen on Lifeline. In a more um serious emergency, yep. you can call triple zero. But yep. if you need someone to speak yep. to. Uh, Lifeline does amazing work. It's a non-profit organization that provides free twenty-four hour television crisis support. Uh, uh, sorry, telephone crisis support, not television, uh, on 13 yep. 14. That's 13 11 14. Dial the number. It's free. Yeah. Uh, it's free. It's confidential. Uh, take action in that area. It's, I think, it's very, very important. Yeah. Um, it's a great organization. Yeah. God never, hmm. so yeah, God never sleeps. <laughs> never sleeps. I have uh, one day, two jobs. We were having coffee uh, together and, um, yeah. Came up yep. with a quote. I'll put it. I'll put it. Oh no! It's, oh, I'll cut this. Oh, bit. she's lovely. Rest her soul. Good woman. I'll cut this bit out. But oh, it's the other <laughs> one. I wrote it. Psychology advice of twenty twenty three. Just don't worry about anything. <laughs> yes, what you said exactly right. No, no. Yeah. Um, well, so we'll my start God. from here. I'll cut out from here. So I remember we were having, yeah. we were having coffee yeah, earlier this year, and um, <laughs> when we both departed, uh, you just said to me, uh, <laughs> George, best psychology advice of 2023, just don't worry about anything. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But it's it's the, look, it's, it's so simple. It's being prudent. Okay. Does Jesus want you to be worrying? worrying now look at that word worrying worrying means you have no resources you have nothing you have no one you've uh, worrying does he like that no it hurts him he doesn't want his children worrying he's the provider he is the the go-to uh god man he is the one give it to him but really hand over the worries right if we're genuine with god he'll be genuine back. We can't do half measures with God. And sometimes a little mini retreat, 10 minutes a day at lunch, hand it over, hand over what is worrying you. Give it to our Lord. His hands are bigger. You know, the, the little boy that only had the few loaves and he gave it to the, into the hand of God and God creates the 5,000. He creates the breads, but he needed us. He needed a little boy with a little bit. That's us. We are that little boy. Without him, no miracle. Okay. Okay, so let's yeah. spiritual dimension. Uh -huh. What spiritual... How can we come to terms with it on a spiritual level if you do undergo depression? Or some other um, mental health... Um, could be a challenge, yep. a simple deficiency, a serious illness. How do we come to terms with these things? Does God have a place for these things in our life? Oh. Reason? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. He your, uh, sometimes your, afflicts people. And reassurance. Yep. Lots of hope there. Yep. What was that? Sorry, George. I just missed Still that line. Hope that's coming from you. Hope. Ah, oh, look, George. George. It's reassuring to know that God will always give you that which you can handle. He will never give you 
something that you cannot handle. He will never put you into temptations that you cannot handle. But we get pushed. We get asked the questions. So the more that we want to journey as, as Christians, as Catholics, uh, and, and with our Holy Mother Church, the more that we're going to be asked to do things, to be more, to have less and be more. And if you look at depression as a, it's a, it's God gives it to people that he believes can carry it, can bring others to him. Because we're not here just to get to heaven by ourselves. We have to get as many people with us and come on up, you know, because we believe, we believe that there is an end to suffering. There is paradise. There is joy unending. If we can focus on that, we go, okay, so I have to put up with some depression. What's wrong? Well, I get medication. Fantastic. I see a professional. I go and chat to a psychologist. Great. You're in good hands. You'll have your bad days, but you'll have someone to tell them to. You tell them to our Lord. Spiritually, it's a good time to deepen the relationship with our Lord. And if you haven't deepened it or you haven't even started, come in. The water's fine. Don't just dip your toe. Run in. Run in. You know, it's like St. Peter. He just threw everything off and it's the Lord. That's it. You know, and we have him here close to us where we live. Maybe a stone throw away in the church, waiting night and day, you know, to have some company. What would it be like for us, George, if nobody came to visit us? Nobody talked to us. I think Jesus knows what depression is like. And he has, he has, he wasn't depressed, but he suffered that part in his divinity humanity you to be able to say situational depression. Yeah, situational depression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Gethsemane. Yeah, society. Yeah, get get Gethsemane, the sweating of 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 a blood here from the head area. And Bishop Fulton Sheen referred this straight away to people that suffer mental mental illnesses. Christ took on that affliction. So who are we to hold it back? He gave it to us. Give it to him. Give it to him, because. He sees that's the best way for you to get to heaven. For other people, it's not. For other people, it could be having walking or putting up with a lisp for the rest of your life. Something a little bit uncomfortable. You know, it's a good challenge, right? Old age or, um, you know, losing friends is a reason. What you said there was beautiful. There's a reason for it. And we can ask. We can explore. We might not hear. But, you know... Um, if someone says, why me? I say to them, why not? Why not? Exactly. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? You're going to gain. I mean, all suffering and all crosses are given to us for the yeah. purpose of God's designed us. And he knows yeah. our uh, personality and character and how we handle things. So we're given a particular cross to aid the salvation of our soul because it's going to get us to heaven. That, yes. that anxiety, that problem that situation that you may have in your life whether it's mental yes. health or not so i think the way and, and our lord had his cross to carry so yes likewise, yes we must follow and yes accept our cross which is accepting the challenge because yes. we know how the story is going to go which is there will be a resurrection at the end yes so we should 
embrace the cross because we know how the story is going to end. There is going to be a resurrection. Yes. Our suffering yes. will assist us to grow yeah. spiritually and eventually save yes. ourselves. That's why God gives us, allows that suffering. Yes. I mean, agreed. Well put. Well put. Can you imagine be, being an old school teacher, one day waking up where by there will be no such thing as HSC anymore. Or did I study for the economics paper? I won't have to wake up anymore and worry about those things, you know, or I won't have to worry about worrying, you know, um, the crazy thing about worrying is you can worry about all your like, it will never happen. <laughs> that's a, that's a futility of worryness. But if you tell our Lord, look, I'm worrying, what am I worrying about? I'm worrying about nothing, you know, well, so yeah, you're nothing. So don't worry. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. People will only worry when they're going through something that they don't understand. It's new. It's novel. They, they're changing. They've experienced something. They, they're not the same anymore. That's when they worry because it's quite natural for it to happen. It's a sign to say, you know, uh, something's going on. And if it's not, well, it won't be. But if it surfaces again, it happens again. That's fine. Because we look at the whole person, the whole person, you know, not just the head and the body are connected. You know, back in the old, back in even university today, there's some universities that kind of treat psychology and psychiatry with the head removed and just the body and the instincts. No, we know now with, with this thing here, the brain is that, you know, in the mind, the brain, uh, there are faculties of your brain that are responsible for your temperature, for your walking, your movement, you know, for your emotions. It's all here. Neurosurgeons, you can see it on YouTube. They, they prod particular open brain surgeries because you have to be uh, awake during surgery. They prod things and they say, well, and now I'm going to take you to when you were 12. Okay, here. So they're prodding a part of the memory, an episodic memory. And the person starts telling exactly of a story that happened to them when they were 12 years old, whilst right. the doctor's trying to remo remove a tumour. He's just making sure he's not hurting the good parts. He wants the bad part out. It's amazing. God's given us so much. That's that's terrific. That's absolutely terrific. And and I think this year, we 2023, we definitely need to be conscious of how can people, okay, instead of prevention is better than cure. So let's talk about yeah. prevention measures. Let's talk about practical tools to prevent uh, 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 depression or anxiety, let's say in 2023. Keep it at bay. Uh, keep a good balanced lifestyle and stay in a good mental health. What are some mm -hmm. practical tools, ways that people can take action today to mm -hmm. prevent now, we, we've talked about going and seeing a professional if you're in that yes. situation. Yeah. Like prevention is always better and getting to things early better. What yes. are three practical tools that people can take action with to prevent? It may be a natural thing, something simple, yeah. um, more physical activity. Okay. Natural yep. ways uh, that people can prevent, maybe <laughs> professional as well. Ask yourself about some habits. Do I keep good company with people at work or do I belong to a group that kind of drops their guard a little bit and believes they can joke around and kind of 
carry on a little bit different. And then when work starts again after lunch, then I put on a different kind of a, a front. So avoid bad company, avoid bad influences under the guise of good. Avoid the bad because um, it's uh, it's rife in the workplace. Not everyone who you think is your friend is your friend. Okay. Seek out good people. I get, rid, know, of toxic, one, get yeah. rid of toxic people, bad energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Second, second one, try and avoid drinking too much alcohol and smoking a lot. Try and avoid that because even if you are clean bill of health, if a male reaches the age of 40, the chances of cancer increase. And therefore, when someone gets a diagnosis of cancer, it's very easy to fall into a fit of depression, mm -hmm. you know. So you might think the uh, first 20 years of my life, I can do it, do it, do it. And then these things are addiction. So uh, I'm not a teetotaler. You have a drink. Yes, but moderately, right? And, and use your intellect. God gave you a brain. Use your intellect, okay? Um, you know, don't carry on about it. Don't, you know. Don't uh, drop your guard and, and, and kind of um, disgrace yourself. So avoid those sorts of things, you know, and even things like uh, porn and internet uh, gambling and casinos and that. All these things, studies have shown that can lead down the slippery slope to a major depressive episode. Yes. Yeah. And, um, the third one. Diet as well. So to add to practical tool number two, I'm sure diet... Yeah fit somewhere there i mean eating yeah 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 look, often yeah. is connected to a lot of issues definitely but 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 trying to be too healthy is not a good that is a disease that that that's also a form of um an, an anorexia actually yeah. um trying to be too healthy it's not good so in other words um when you have food don't look at it as good food bad food thank god our father that you have food on the table okay and try and be moderate in the food don't have too much don't have too little balance is the hardest thing in the world right but just know that you're a human being and this is a work in progress so accept the food that you have but if you are in an opportunity to 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 choose something choose it but if you see it's going to upset someone then don't then have something despite yourself because you don't want to cause a scandal or, or you know, like St. Paul says in the in the Bible, you know, if I don't want to have meat, don't force me to have meat. It doesn't mean I'm vegetarian. I just don't like meat. So we need to be sensible there with food and hospitality and when we're alone. Food is there to be enjoyed, but it's just food, okay? It's yeah. nothing more, nothing less. Food is food, okay? And, yeah, uh, pizzas are great. Number three just just uh, look to prevent be a saint because if you if you attempt to be a saint you'll be preventing a lot of things right i'm always of the belief is to get to the real core of a person we need to get through all the other things that are yucky and mucky like an onion peel the onion who are you get down get down get exposed get get naked psychologically if physically like um uh, i suppose saint francis i'm not saying saint be like saint francis but saint francis laid everything open 
right? We can't do that much today. We get arrested, but but he's to say, why am I ashamed when my God clothes me? He gives me food to eat. So try and be a saint because you will prevent a lot of bad things happening to you. God will spare you. Look behind you, you've got Rome. As we said, the eminence Cardinal Pell last week, Pope Benedict XVI. These are all role models that have gone into hopefully paradise, hopefully into paradise. They're saying this way. Era. This is a great era of saints. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's ordinary people. Yeah, the ordinary people have the opportunity of great sanctity that saints of the altar of the church would in a good way envy you because they wish they could come back and suffer a little bit more again because they can see the worth of it. While society says, why suffer? Pleasure, pleasure, get comfortable. No, why should I? I don't want to be uncomfortable, but why should I get comfortable? I've got nothing to get comfortable about. I'm a rat bag. I, I, think, need to be uh, back. I think what we need is a spiritual plan. Get praying. Yeah. Uh, create a spiritual schedule. Get to massive every day. Create a plan for your sacraments. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you've equipped us with a lot for this year. That's uh, going to power us through. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? We have to for our listeners. Yeah. Look, psychology, well, the psychology is beautiful. The, the mental health well is beautiful. There's some really beautiful people that are that are carrying suffrages that are not visible to the untrained naked eye. No one knows them. They walk past you. But just remember, every time you're in a group and there are six people, statistics, one of those six has major depression in Australia. Yeah. And uh, the, I think the 2023 uh, mental health, uh, uh, psychology advice of 2023, does not count as professional advice. Nothing within this episode has. And this, this advice is, just simply don't worry about anything. Uh, I love it. I love it. Robert's I love it. <laughs> don't worry about anything. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. You're for welcome. Uh, and thank it's you a very pleasure. much, uh, Robert, for being with me. It's uh, such a pleasure to have you. We'll have you on definitely again uh, to talk more about different topics of mental health within this year. But thank you very much uh, for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless. Take care and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Charity.